I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So about Michael Jordan, how you going to hit from outside the finals? You can't even hear. Hello, welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Today we have a big one. We're going to be talking about the most current era of NBA basketball. Our top 10 list for the 2010 to the 2020 list. This might be the most important list for rankings that people want to know about other than our real top 10 list. Mm-hmm. That's how big this is. This is how rel- relevant this information is. You're going to hear our list. Now, remember, we take peak more seriously than longevity. If that was the case, we would have guys switched around. just want to put that out there. Um, we also are going to be doing something completely new. We haven't even rehearsed this. I don't even know what we're doing. We're really risking it right now. But we're going to have two separate lists. Oh, my God. Christopher Muhammad has a different list than me. You're going to hear us talk bad about each other. (laughs) I can't even do that. Oh, my goodness. We're going to try to tear into each other's list. Maybe we'll learn something. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll be like, oh, Chris, that's a great point. You know what, man? I'm move him down a little bit find out I'm, I'm coachable you know what i mean right so <laughs> we have that going for us this is gonna be the first part of the podcast we're gonna hit the six through ten this is gonna be a two-part podcast which the second episode is gonna release the day after this one releases and we're also gonna talk about the big any the big signing news that we've had coaching wise so far which is three Man. And then we're going to have the draft lottery results. So that's what we're going to hit first is the draft lottery results. All right, Chris, you ready for this? Yeah, let's go. Let's get into it. Man. Excited. Yeah. So, I mean, the lottery winner is probably the team that needed to win the lottery the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit Pistons have no reasons for anybody to turn on basketball. So if, like, basketball is rigged, you know, I would rig it for the Detroit Pistons to have somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's turned on those games. You get 15, you know, like they can't play themselves, right? You, I mean, so like, yeah, they, they need Cade Cunningham. They need star power. Uh, the Houston Rockets need uh, anybody other than Kevin Porter Jr. and Kelvin Linick on their team. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they got the second spot. Cleveland got three, which is. Cleveland Cavaliers fans, it's pretty. It's a pretty top five heavy draft here, so that's pretty good for us as Cleveland fans. Toronto got the four. Orlando got the five. Oklahoma City got six. Golden State, Orlando eight, nine. Sacramento ten. New Orleans eleven. Charlotte twelve. San Antonio thirteen. Indiana fourteen. Golden State. There's a lot of uh picks in here and it's almost like oklahoma city owns a quarter of the draft which is absolutely ridiculous yeah they have so many draft picks sam presley's going full rebuild mode right now man Mm -hmm. so uh what's your takes on it takes on uh the nba draft lottery any reactions yeah so one thing i did want to start with was if we wanted to just do just a quick run through one through five so Mm -hmm. detroit like you said doesn't have a reason for anybody to ever want to watch whatever channel their basketball comes on i'm pretty sure it's like espn something 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 i don't i don't know don't care espn five probably (laughs) possibly what it is but yeah Nobody cares to watch the Detroit Pistons. How what a fall from grace they had. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you've had the late 
80s, early 90s ruled by the bad boys. You know what I mean? You had that team. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Chauncey 2000, Billups. The Chauncey Billups, 2004 Detroit Pistons team where they won a ring. Mm-hmm. And then you even had a chance at Blake Griffin. You had right. DeAndre Drummond. You could at least watch him. You had yeah. Andre Drummond. You know what I'm saying? You could at least mm-hmm. watch those. And then you sell it all away. And now you, I don't even know who's on that team anymore, honestly. It's, it's, ah, Killian Hayes. It's all about it. I know. Who the hell is that? I don't even know. Um, This is what they would need. They need somebody who possibly might be Cade Cunningham. Considering what they need, they need a they need like a like a like a four. They need everything. They they do, but they need something that's going to be their cornerstone. You know what I mean? They got to start building. They need to start building around something that's going to be a franchise star. So Cade Cunningham. He has the making of a franchise star. He could possibly do it. I've watched some highlights. I've seen his yes, motor. I've good seen, point forward. He, he, he can, you know, exactly. Um, yeah. He could be that piece, and that could start the snowball effect of possibly getting other people to sign who want to play with the young star. Because I believe right. he's going to turn into something. Now, if we look at number two, we have the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Fall from grace that like the Detroit Pistons they had a fall from grace but that was years. Houston had a fall. Houston they fell off Mount Alfred. <laughs> exactly, they fell off the face of the earth. Because think yes. of this for a second: you are consistently in the playoffs in like either Western Conference Finals or semifinals. This is where you're mm-hmm. exiting at majority of the time: Western Conference or semifinals. Mm-hmm. You didn't even make the playoffs this year. You've traded away your cornerstone in James Harden. You mm-hmm. traded, wait, yeah. You, yes, you let did. Chris Paul go. You know what I mean? You like, traded him for Russell Westbrook. Traded yeah. him away from Russell Westbrook. Like, and then you that, traded, yeah. None of that worked. And you ended up getting John Wall. You got Oof. John Wall. You got Christian Oof. Wood. You got Kevin Porter okay. Jr. You got some, you got yep. some good things to look for. Kevin to. Porter Jr. is the nice piece. You got some good things to look forward to, but mm-hmm. you're you're nowhere near where you were at before. Yes, but you can get back, and that's where your second pick comes in. I mean, if you were to choose, you know, maybe a center who can stretch the big, who can stretch big, like project a second round pick. I mean, first round second, second pick. pick, Evan Mobley. I, yeah. I mean, that could work for you. I mean, mm-hmm. like he's not going to be your cornerstone because you have your cornerstone. If you pick right, I mean, if you choose correctly, you have your cornerstone amongst you already. Mm-hmm. He's going to be Junior. It's Porter Junior. But you're, mm-hmm. he's going to be that that great compliment. I mean, he, you could put him in a pick and roll, pick and roll, mm-hmm. pick and roll, spread the floor, and now he's knocking down shots for you. Right. He's not as big. Like I mean, like me and Jason were just talking a moment ago. Um, he's not as big as most centers will be, so he's not going to be back to the basket. He's not going to, but he's kind of sort of athletic and he can space the mm-hmm. floor so now you have the evolution of basketball in one player because he has evolved from the old centers watching the new centers and now has he can even bring the ball up the court. yeah he's a phenomenal defender too he might be the next Rudy Gobert see yeah now if I'll just go through one through three real quick because I know we got to keep this rolling so mm-hmm. now you know Cleveland Mm-hmm. we've had ups and downs i'll put it right. that way mm-hmm. as a cleveland fan you've watched lebron for 11 seasons then you watch him leave then you watch him come back then you watch him leave again then you've watched the monstrosity which is the cavaliers right now i mean they have good upsides you have Darius garland you have colin sexton colin sexton he's like i said he could be a good scorer on a winning team you have um, uh, Isaac Okoro. I mean, you have some good. You have a good upside right now. You have mm-hmm. good young pieces that you can form and make a team within a couple years. But now you have mm-hmm. that third pick. So your third pick will be possibly, if you keep it, or if you end up trading, or if somebody ends up trading you for it or something. I don't know if you're going to keep it or however you may throw that in the draft. But now you can possibly acquire the projected number three pick. Jalen Green. Jalen Green, I've watched some highlights of his as well. Explosive athletic guard who yes. can break you down, knock down the shot, and dunk all over you. I mean, I was just in awe watching this guy's motor. It's like he doesn't slow down. 
Mm-hmm. And he's he, a better passer too than people think. He is a way better Which passer. Way leads better the pick and roll upside. So, I mean, we have some upsides coming, and this could be the turning point in the Cavaliers. I mean, maybe we finally are able to build a semi-good team, and then we yeah. can keep going from there because Zarius Garland is only going to get better. Isaac Okoro is only going to get better. And then you have Jalen Suggs, who's already played against veteran NBA players. You're talking about Jalen Suggs? I mean, Jalen Green. Why do you saying Jalen yeah. Suggs? Yeah. Jalen, there's too many Jalens. Jalen Green. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Green, you have, you know, he's already played against NBA players. He already has a little. He has already a little bit more experience than the the, the top two in the draft. Yeah, to be honest with you, man, if the Cleveland Cavaliers are there and Jalen Green is there, I don't care if it doesn't work out starting roster wise. Like having Isaac Okoro, Jalen Green, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland all on the same floor at the same time doesn't make sense. You're going to have to trade somebody. Exactly. But Jalen Green walks on the walks on the court and he's the best player on the floor. Mm-hmm. For the Killian Cavaliers. If you have the chance, Jalen Green, if you come back to me as a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, do not give me Jalen Green back. Dan Gilbert sucks at his job. The GM sucks at his job. Mm-hmm. This is a borderline could be a generation talent athletically. Yes. So uh, it's this this guy is special, special, right? You you need you need to draft him. I don't I don't care if you have to move Colin Sexton. You know what I mean? Move like it's not. There's levels to this, and the level Jalen Green can hit is the best shooting guard in the league. The level he can hit is a borderline best player in the league, mm-hmm. right? With that kind of athletic. Um, that athletic skill set. So, yeah, I completely agree. He's he's special, man. That's your cornerstone going to be. You know what I'm saying? You just yes. have to don't don't mess this up, Cleveland. Please, I've seen you do it before. Right? Don't do it. They do it all the time. All the time they do it. It's it's yep. it's, it's tough being a Cavs fan. You know what I mean? I know this is a basketball <laughs> basketball podcast, but I'm from Cleveland. Just like, it's as tough as being Cavs fan as it is being a Browns fan, but not right now. It's okay right now for Browns, but yeah. that's the point. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things about the draft is that the Golden State Warriors got to keep the seventh pick, and the, they pair that with uh, having the 14th pick. That gives them a lot of trade leverage. Uh, it also gives the Oklahoma City, they got the 6, 16, and the 18th pick. So if they want to go up and trade in the top five and go get somebody that they really believe in, yeah, they have the firepower to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's about my reactions to the NBA uh, uh, lottery being announced, the draft order being announced. Do you have anything else? I mean, I just know there's some decent athletic guards coming out of the draft this year. You have like I think his name is Keon Johnson. You have uh, Jonathan Kaminga. I mean, he's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I really believe in him. There's he's got Kawhi Leonard like upside offensively. That's crazy. It's gonna it's gonna be this next upcoming season after this draft gonna be crazy. You're gonna see a lot of talent on display. Mm-hmm. The new generation is entering, it's the next evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I completely agree. So we should uh switch gears here to uh the big news that's happened so far during the NBA season. Um the uh all right hello welcome back to the basketball addicts podcast we had a little short intermission here (laughs) if if you guys want to hear about what happened during the intermission you know just dm us and we'll tell you about it (laughs) right so (laughs) um we're going to start out with recent news here uh Basically, Rick Carlisle got hired by the Indiana Pacers going back home. He coached them with uh, Ron Artest, Stephen Jack, Mouse in the Palace coach, Rick Carlisle. Yeah. So, you know, he's going back to his roots pre-Dallas. What do you think? What do you think? Going back home. Um, I think that Rick Carlisle is one of those underrated coaches. We've seen oh, what yes. he can do with a team. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen, you know, 
the magic of dirt and whiskey and Rick Carlisle. And now he's also coached as well, Jason Kidd and Steve Nash. So I think that's, you know, he could possibly be what that Indiana team needs. They have the potential. They just needed a coach. Now they got a coach. So I can't wait to see what they have now and what they turn into. I mean, they definitely have the potential. I've seen it. Um, They have Karis LeVert. I mean, now he has that star. I mean, this is somebody who who is used to, who has been to the dance, who knows what it's like to be there and what it takes to get there. And now he can instill that into his players. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to go to the playoffs first. I mean, next next season for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it's going to take some drafts. You know, they got a couple good spots in the draft. Mm -hmm. Um. But it's it's definitely in the makings of getting there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after 13 seasons with the Dallas Mavericks, is a long tenure. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. He's a really good coach. I completely agree with you. He's one of my favorite coaches. I always felt like he's underrated too. So we definitely are in sync on that one. So uh, I definitely think that the pairing makes sense, but I also don't think that they're going to be anywhere close to really making a difference for a while. But hopefully the Pacers can learn to actually stay with the head coach uh, because you had Nate McMillan on that team, Mm -hmm. uh, coaching that team, and you just let him go. So, I mean, I feel like everybody else, anybody that's not the head coach needs to be looked at for getting fired. You know what I mean? When you make a decision like that. So um, hopefully they can appreciate Rick Carlisle because, you know, Mark Cuban really appreciated Rick Carlisle, right? Yeah. I mean, you give him a lot of wee wee wee. You can tell that he really was appreciated. So, yeah, hopefully it happens for him. I love I love the guy as a coach. So, Jason Kidd going to the Dallas Mavericks. Big news. What do you got? Seeing what Jason Kidd did as a head coach for the Bucks, I feel like we're going to see another, uh, I don't want to put this, another giant era. In, what do you mean? In math, in like, in the maths, because like, he's used to guard to like, because okay, so with the Bucks, I mean, with like, I know it's a totally different team, but with the Bucks, because that's the only thing we really have to go off of as far as his coaching experience, was he took the tallest people and put them on the floor. He had Giannis at point guard. I mean, like, now he has a tall guard in Luca. He can try to get like these other tall guys and we can arrange right. them how he wants to arrange them. I mean, I think it's a good pickup. I mean, that could possibly right. be what learning from Jason Kidd could be something that Luca could benefit from. Exactly. Because um, that could be like the next thing he has to his game because Jason Kidd was a phenomenal passer. You know what I mean? He he, yes. he He's a great assister. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and he's also coached by Rick Carlisle. So, I mean, he's always, he's, he also has a championship in DNA because he's, he's yes. going back to where he came from initially because he was on the Mavs with Dirk coached by Rick Carlisle. And now he's back with the Mavs as a coach. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I, I think that he's, I think the third time is going to be the charm for him. Um, you know, he was, with that Brooklyn team, I think it was with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, when they traded them from the Boston Celtics to the Brooklyn Nets. I think he was the coach of that team, like Joe Johnson, older Deron Williams. Mm-hmm. Like they were supposed to make a playoff push, but they made the playoffs, but they underachieved. Um, so, yeah, and then you have the Bucks. I feel like one thing he definitely showed is that he can develop young talent. So I think what Giannis grew into in Milwaukee um is really impressive especially assist wise so uh and then uh you know that's that's really really crazy so i i really love that pickup um the next head coaching hire we have is chauncey billups he's been in talks for head coaching jobs for a long long time mm-hmm. he's been hired by the portland trailblazers what do you think what do you think I think that that's what that team needs. Mm -hmm. Um, Hear me out. Okay, so from the coach's perspective and the player's perspective, so Kachansi Billups, he has a ring. You know what I mean? This is a player who has won before he knows what it takes to win. That's really big, especially for expiring teams to want to win. You have to have somebody Mm -hmm. who knows how to win, who has been there before, who has seen the bright lights, who, you know what I mean? Um. So and he also won. So he didn't just see the bright lights. He didn't buckle under pressure. He won. So right. then you also have that defensive 
identity that the, that the Pistons had that was instilled yes. inside of them. Now you can pass that on to the Portland Trailblazers because that's one thing that mm-hmm. they're lacking. They're lacking in their defense. Now, if you can get that right. team to act defensively on one accord, now you can build a championship contender because now you have Dame Lillard. But when it comes down to the team, there is a problem. The one problem, and I know that some people may be upset with me about it if they don't agree, is C.J. McCollum. He has to go. It's not like he's a bad player. It's not like he's a you know what I mean under like overrated. But I completely agree with you. It doesn't fit with Dame. No. So yeah, he's you got to find a trade partner for him, and uh, you know just retry it with somebody new. You know what I mean? So yeah, I completely agree with you on that take. So then we're gonna shift gears here into the evolution of basketball. <laughs> so this podcast that we've been doing every 10 years from the 60s to 2020. Wow, that sounds like we've done a lot of work. Now right. Say that a lot. Um, we've seen a lot of basketball. We've seen a lot of bad basketball. We've seen a lot of good basketball. <laughs> True, a lot By of bad basketball. basketball, I mean... Uh, Bill Walton. Bill, Bill Russell. Ooh, two Bills. Two Bills. 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 Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about evolution of basketball in 2010, the decade of 2010, basically 2010 to 2020. Big things that I saw, man. I mean, it's LeBron James decade. For nine sure. NBA Finals appearances. One decade. Yeah. Mind blown. It's absolutely mind blown. Um, the Steph Curry evolution mm. is real. There has never been any, but it's like it's it's like what Wilt Chamberlain is to scoring is what Steph Curry is to three point shooting. The ability to create off the dribble and not just be able to create off the dribble, but to hit threes at like you see three point shooting is a lot about technique footwork. You know, Ray Allen talks about it all the time, right? He's going to get his feet aligned with this rim, the rim. You get your hip aligned with the rim. You get your hip and the elbow aligned with the rim. You know what I mean? And you do the hand in the cookie jar. You want to work on arc. You know what I mean? You move towards the basket. Like, it's a highly technical sound thing. Steph Curry's revolutionary. He can hit it off of terrible footwork. He can hit it off of switching which foot's leading. He can hit it off of leaning completely different ways his shoulders not being aligned to the rim his hips not well, his hips usually is aligned to the rim, but you know what i mean like he evolutionized the game of basketball by his ability to hit three-point shots from such far out with such high difficulty like it's completely unseen to before in the nba if he came around the 60s, they would have absolutely no clue what to do with Steph Curry. He'd be somebody like Pete Maravich, who's completely misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 real revolution. And you see the, what's coming. You see Trey Young. You see Dame Dollar add that to his three-point shot. You even see James Harden start to pull out his three-point shot, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys now that are coming into the league that are really high value, high value because of their three-point shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cade Cunningham has a great three-point shot. He's shooting like 40% from the three-point line in college. That's part of the reason why he's big. You know, Darius Garland, we talk about, oh, he might have potential three-point shooting, range three-point shooting. You know what I mean? He is evolution of basketball with that range and the ability to shoot it completely terrible angles uh you know the death of the center is in this era uh it really goes downhill here with uh high quality centers and the pick and roll exposed slow-footed centers so because of that they kind of became unplayable to a degree if they couldn't be a player in the pick and roll if you don't believe me watch brooke lopez against the atlanta hawks game one you know what I mean? That's a slow-footed center, even though he he's done better since then. I'm just saying that as an as example. And, uh, you know, 3-and-D players have been more popular in this era because we have a lot more creators. It's, you know, building around LeBron. You need 3-and-D players. Okay, we have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Okay, we need uh, uh, Andre Iguodala. You know what I mean? You need defensive guys. So, I mean, it's... You got Rob Cummings, Jay Crowders of the world. You know what I mean? Everybody was like, oh, LeBron's 
basically the best player in the world. We have to guard him. You know what I mean? We can't have any flaws here. So a switchable defense too, which is taking people out of some of their offense. There's a lot of a lot of new things in the NBA that's that's come around. So yeah, that's that's what I see from the evolution of basketball. Do you have anything to add to it? What your take is? I want to hear it, Chris? So I totally agree that Steph Curry is the evolution of basketball. And one thing that we have mm-hmm. seen during this era is that I, I want to agree with you again is the depth of the center. I mean, this has become a guard oriented, a guard led, a guard powered league. I mean, mm-hmm. the guards have now evolved because now the t- their heights, there's no, there's no more height restraints. You have, I hate to say it, you have Ben Simmons playing guard. You have LeBron who's able to play a guard. You have, you, they're, they're getting taller and taller. I mean, like even the traditional guards are getting taller. I mean, they're not, you know what I'm saying? So they're not small. They're not back to the basket. They are explosive. They are firing on all cylinders. They are leading the league in stories and scoring. Think about this for a second. Right. And I hate to even mention this right now because it's going to be part of our coming up discussion. But a guard won back to back MVPs and one was unanimous. I mean, yes. like if that doesn't say what how the league has evolved, then I don't know what does. Because you've mm-hmm. had Shaq win MVPs. I mean, this is dominant center. You had these right. these guys just be shooting guards and centers and power forwards. Now you have guards. Guards are ruling the league. Like the top, yes. the top four, top five, maybe in the draft are like they're different positions, but they all have guard oriented skills. They can pull, they can move, they can push the ball in transition. They can distribute and they can also score. I mean, like they're just getting the, the games keeps evolving at such a rate. Right. I mean, like it's crazy to think that we're entering right now, as we're talking about the evolution of basketball from the 2010s to the 2020s. Now for the 2020s, we're entering a whole new realm of evolution. We've already witnessed right. evolution. Now we're going to see another evolution as well. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what, you know, what the next steps are. Um, I know I've said it before. I think the next GOAT is going to be somebody that has Steph Curry's range with uh, an extremely elite athletic skill set. That's, you know, consistent with the GOATs, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Will Chamberlain, Shaq, all of them elite athletes is where I'm going with that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. The NBA has changed so much. All right. Are you guys ready for a huge part of this podcast? We have been looking forward to this. I'm sure as a listener, you've been looking forward to this too. We're going to be talking about our top 10 list. We're going to break down 10 through 6. Chris and I have different people. We're going to go at it. We're going to break it down for you. All right. Are you ready for number 10? Christopher Mohammed, do you want me to say mine first or do you want to say yours first? I want you to go with yours. I want to hear what you got to say about 10. Oh, sure. Say less. Okay. All right. I got you. I got Kobe the Bean Bryant. I mean, this guy is special. We -hmm. all know what Kobe Bryant is. I mean, he is a mid-range machine. A little later in his uh, years, 1997 is when he came in the NBA, so he would have been 18 in the league. So by the time he would have been 2010, he would have been 31. So, I mean, you're talking about 31. He's going to be dropping 26, 27, 25 in this uh, decade, which is pretty impressive. Um, So basically, this guy is really special. Yes, um, but his athleticism is not what it used to be. And I also don't view him as a an extreme team, like a as team carrier as like the other people I have ahead of him at this point in time. I I don't really I don't see him as 2007 Kobe, right? I mean I see him as like two as 2009 2008. I feel like it's a different version. I feel like he's highly skilled. I feel like he's still great. I feel like he's fun to watch, but uh, you know, it's textbook Kobe. But I, I mean, he could have been the best player in the NBA championship run still. But there's a lot of guys I love higher than him on the list. So that's my number ten guy at peak in the 2010 decade. All right, Chris, who do you got? For one, <clears throat> I completely disagree with that. But anyway, <laughs> okay, I have Dwayne Wade. Number 10. 
Mm-hmm. And this is why wow. I have Dwayne Wade number 10. Because if we're looking at the eras from 2010 to 2020, you know, that 10, that decade, Dwayne Wade was the man of that Heatles team. It was LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. Not the man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say the man. But he was an integral part of that Heatles team. He has two rings in this decade, for one. You know, I mean, he's the flash. He, he's a great scorer. He can. He's an underrated distributor. I mean, he does so many things well on the court. He, I mean, he he's a, like the top, like under. I mean, non-center shot blocker. I mean, like I just put him number ten because of what he was able to do during this decade. For one, I mean, what well, he had eight All-Star appearances from 2010 to 2016. I mean, he was a two-times NBA champion along with LeBron in 2012, 2013. That was a back-to-back. And he was an NBA All-Defensive second team. I mean, this act, you know, it goes on and on. So, I mean, I put him number 10 because I felt that he deserved to be on this list because of where he was at during this time period. I mean, for those couple years, he was – Arguably, I mean, one of the best players in the league. Anyway. You can – do you want me to react to you first or you to react to me? You can react to me because I, I want to hear what you got to say. Do you weigh top 10? I will give you – Of the out decade. Of, of the decade. Get out. Of the decade. Get out. No. Of the get decade. Out of, get out of, of the decade. He was not a top five player in the league in 2011. Of the he was decade. not better than Dwight Howard. He was not better than LeBron James. He was not better than Kobe Bryant. He was not better than Carmelo. I'd rather have Carmelo Anthony in his peak in this this run than Dwayne Wade. Dwayne, Dwayne Wade, Wade was not as no no way. I have Dwayne this Wade. This guy was this guy. Yeah, you know what it is. It's he he has rings right. He has <laughs> playoff experience. We always favor these guys more than the other guys, right? It's natural. We're fans of basketball. I get it, but he wasn't as hoppy. He didn't have as much big of a balance, right? He had no shot outside of the mid-range. He had okay passing ability, but it's not like James Harden-level passer. He's a good, I mean, block guy but at the two-guard position, but he's not pushing anything. He's not better than Dirk. I mean, he's not a top-five guy in the era that he's playing in. So, dear, no way. I'd completely disagree with this one. I feel like I'd much rather have Melo. I'd much rather have Dirk, personally. I, I understand where you're coming from, but if we're going to go after each other, you know, I I, I, I completely disagree. Yeah. Oh, you're able to, and I'm going to go ahead and disagree with your spot on Kobe Bryant. I feel like he should be right. higher. I feel like he should okay. be higher. I feel like he should be mm-hmm. higher because this is not – just some run-of-the-mill player. This is one of the greatest players of all time. He cannot be number 10 during this decade. I mean, if you're looking at what he was able to accomplish, even in his old age, I mean, he won a ring during this decade. Not that rings matter, mm-hmm. but he won a ring in his old age. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. From the in, in the 2010 season. I mean, not 2010. Yeah, 2010 season, he won a ring. But 2009, 2010. 2010? Yeah. 2010. He, it, what, it was 2000. It, he technically did not win a ring in this era. I, th- I think if it was 2010, it was. I'm not sure if it was 2009, 2010. I know he won a ring, and he, I mean, and then he, he was he was playing around books. I mean, they refused to put anything around him. So he was like, with Andrew all this, Bynum, Lamar Odom, Paul Gasol. Not during his ring about? year. I'm talking about during his later years, which come during this decade. Yeah, he had Andrew Bynum, Paul Gasol, Lamar Odom. No, I mean, like for the championship team, I'm saying like he had bums later on after this. You're, after that team, I mean, oh, when he was playing with D'Angelo, like yeah, 2014, 2015, okay, right, and then yeah. he was still able to kind of sort of kind of will that team. The only problem is that you know he wasn't as great of a team player. I will agree with you with that. I mean, but he had this mentality where if why would he pass you the ball if you're not working as hard as him? And he didn't think that anybody was working as hard as him, so he would take every mm-hmm. shot because he knew he worked it. He he yeah. put his heart and soul into this game. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, if I'm being honest, when I started this list, uh, looking at it, he was four. It's just I had so many guys. Just I feel like it's a really deep list. So if it wasn't for it being a deep list, he'd probably be uh, 
somewhere in the range of eight to one. I mean, if you put him this Kobe Bryant in, let's say, the seventies, right? Even this version of Kobe Bryant would probably still be the second best player in the seventies. So I, I I agree with you on the the wavelength that he is low considering how good he is. It's just I feel like the quality of players that I view where they are at on the list is why there's the uh, the difference there for me personally. I feel like we may or may not be friends after this, but go ahead to number nine. <laughs> <laughs> now this is going to be, some people are going to hear what I just said and hear my number nine guy and you may not like it. I understand it. But my number nine is peak DeMarcus Cousins. This guy, oh, yep, see, Christopher Muhammad's face is going to be the facial reaction of everybody listening to my list. They're going to think I'm crazy, which I get it. I get it. This guy's peaking out around 26, 27, 28 points per game with a, a light nine rebounds. Nothing crazy. It's not like he's dropping like four assists a game. Oh, he's dropping four assists a game. Oh, yeah. So we got a point center, right? I mean, this guy is better than Dwight Howard. This guy is a physical presence. All right. This guy plays with anger like Shaquille O'Neal. He moves his big body around, man. He is going to put the ball on the rim and dunk on people, which is scary. Okay. He plays with fire and edge that would make Kobe Bryant happy. Okay. I mean, I understand he's playing on the Sacramento Kings doesn't have a good team. So I can understand maybe you think he's stat padding guys. One of those guys. I understand it. But this guy's ridiculous, right? I mean, he has a three-point shot. And he is so highly skilled in the post. He is an extremely dominant center, Chris. That is just underappreciated and undervalued because of his team. I mean, I understand what Kobe Bryant is. I understand the scoring of Kobe Bryant, but I'd much rather have a guy that's scoring at literally the same points per game with more rebounds, more assists than a guard, more assists than a guard and a better defender. He's just stuck on a bad team, right? Yeah. Terrible team. So, you know, that's my my take for him. I'd rather have him than Patrick Ewing. I'd rather have him than Bill Walton. I know this might be very controversial because Bill Russell's name's amazing, but I'd rather have him than Bill Russell. In my opinion, at peak, top 10 center of all time, mm. right? So I center position is deep, right? I mean, if I'm saying that he's better than Dwight Howard, if I'm saying he's the best bridge center between Shaq and JoJo, it's because of what he's done. You know, he's shown me so many times throughout his career that he is a ridiculous talent. So my nine is DeMarcus Cousins, man. He is special. He's got post game. He's got post touch. He's the evolution of basketball. The center position he plays with anger and just ah, so much. It's like Russell Westbrook was a center. That's how he would play. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah, I, I, I feel like he's underrated, man. Um, I understand people disagree with me if people just shut it off right after I said DeMarcus Cousins. But in my opinion, I'd rather have what peak DeMarcus Cousins was than what peak Kobe was in this era. In this era. Not saying to I'd much rather have Kobe in 2000s than DeMarcus Cousins. Don't get it twisted. So, yeah, yeah that's my take. <sighs> so they, if they didn't cut off after DeMarcus Cousins, they're definitely going to cut off after my number nine. Oh, no. So, I have Anthony Davis number nine. Okay. I have Anthony Davis number nine because this is during his New Orleans Pelicans stint. And he was also drafted by the Hornets. I believe they were. Then they went to the Pelicans. And now he's mm-hmm. with the Lakers. Um, and the Pelicans, right. I mean, like, he had all the makings of a star. And then he slowly became that star. I remember in the first couple games during this time period, he had averaged, which is ridiculous for one. Like, think about this for a second. I think he had about 350-point games back-to-back-to-back. Like, he had to keep scoring at such a high clip because he had nothing around him. And then he finally got Drew Holiday, finally got Rondo. Team started looking a lot better. I mean, they even made it to the playoffs one year, but just under under his star power alone. Mm -hmm. And 
You know, and then he got the mark. He got paid over to Marcus Cousins. I mean, they were looking unstoppable at one point, and then all of a sudden, Marcus Cousins. You know, he's normally hurt all the time. That's one of his downfalls. <laughs> yeah, that's why it was the peak. <laughs> yeah, the like peak. <laughs> he's hurt all the time. Yeah. That's his downfall. So I mean, then it turned into the Anthony Davis show again, and once again, he shows mm-hmm. us. That, but I have Anthony Davis so low because I ha- think that the players I have above him are better. But the reason okay. why, I, but you know, Anthony Davis, he also was, if not. He was mm. he last year in the playoffs in the finals. He was one of the most integral parts to that run of that Lakers team. The Lakers mm-hmm. championship. He like we've seen what happens with no Anthony Davis. Put it that way. You okay? So I'm not going to spoil what I have here because I have this guy higher than you, much mm-hmm. higher. Um I just want to let you know that the NBA championship run is technically a part of our decade that we're talking about right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so you know that? Yeah. I that's why I included I said our the NBA championship run, I said like we would you didn't you, did, you didn't grasp what you didn't get what I said. No, no, no. I'm just surprised you have him so low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have them wow. up because I feel like the people are there. They're better. I feel like they're you better. You have anything? Any feedback about Demarcus Cousins? I don't want to ruin anything about my take on Anthony Davis. So for the future, so me, let's let's hear what you have on Demark. Honestly, after hearing what you said about Demarcus Cousins, I can't agree more with what you said. Wow, wow. I mean, I to me, I mean, like. It could go either way for me with like Anthony Davis to Marcus Cousins, but I chose Anthony Davis because I felt he was better during this time period. But I can yeah, see why you higher. would put. I, I see like I see why you would put him number nine. I can agree because mm-hmm. Marcus Cousins, like you say, he plays with so much force, so much anger, and he's such a powerhouse down low. And then he can also stretch the floor and knock down his threes. And then not only is that what he's doing, he's also bringing the ball up the floor and he's distributing at mm-hmm. such a high level as well. He was just stuck yes. on a bad team with a bad mm-hmm. organization. A very, yes. He was stuck with the one team in the NBA who was like, yeah, let's have four people play defense and then one stay under the hoop so they can cherry pick. Worst thing <laughs> ever. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a bad franchise. The Kings literally are just always sucking. Yeah, ever since they got robbed by the, the Lakers in 2001. They've been cursed. They've definitely been cursed. All right. Are you ready for a transition here to one of the more controversial superstars? My number eight, Russell Westbrook. Now, I really believe in this guy. His play style is... So let's break it down here. Let's let's go right for it because I know what people think. Triple-double guy. We all know it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The thing is, people don't believe in his assists. You know, people see Chris Paul, John Stockton, Gary Payton, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, and they see, okay, these guys are great passers, right? They're going to get it to the open man. They're going to maximize their ability to get good open looks. They're basically going to maximize everybody on the floor. Not saying Russell Westbrook is that. But his ability to create assists is due to his ability to attack the rim. Okay. Because of that, he draws in the defense to the center and then kicks, right? I mean, he has the pick and roll with Steven Adams during his prime, but this this guy is kicking to the wing. This guy is kicking to open people because of the space that he's creating. So he's creating open jump shots for Andre Robertson in the corner who could shoot, okay? I mean, it's it's different than Chris Paul, yes, but I feel like it's undervalued because people may not understand that. I mean, dear man, when he is in his prime, that OKC team, that man is a walking athletic highlight tape. He's dunking on everybody. Transition is ridiculous. The mid-range shot is butter to be the check to, you know, staying at the basket. I mean, he is going to play every single minute, 48 minutes, dive on the floor. You love your superstar to have the mentality to dive on the floor. You want him to have heart like Russell Westbrook has heart, right? I mean, he plays great defense. He's got a great MVP season in this this year. And that peak is special. I really, I really, really believe that he's one of the 
the only players that if you put him on a team with just average guys, he can take them to the playoffs. There's only so many guys in the league can do that. You know what I mean? And he's a special guy at peak. So I, I really have him here. I understand it. You know, his, his flaw can be he can shoot people out of the games and playoffs sometimes. But this dude's ridiculous, man, at peak. So, yeah, I, I love where I have him. You know, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I have him. Yeah, that's my guy. All right, Chris, let's see what you got. I got Kobe 8. Okay. Kobe is already on my list. So basically what I had said about him before was just that this is not peak, but he was still able to win a championship, you know, with his team right. that he had during this season. And then he was scoring and leading his team with everything that he had, you know, trying to get back to that point. I mean, this is mama mentality. We all know it. Mm-hmm. You know, right. this is he won a championship in the decade. I just, you know, I'm looking at my notes now. He won a championship in the decade and he was NBA Finals MVP at around 33 years old. So mm-hmm. he's even the all-star game MVP. So I think that he deserves to be on the top 10 list of the 2010s. And just accolades alone, he deserves to be on there. And then knowing who he is as a player. And even though he was on his decline shortly after because of his constant injuries because once he because mm-hmm. he injured himself and then re-aggravated the injury several years later after his NBA championship. So I mean he was on his decline, but still was playing at such a high level. I mean, like he just said even in his um in his farewell letter to basketball, you know, he said that, you know, his he wanted to keep doing, but his body just couldn't do it. So right. you know I I definitely believe he's a top ten player of this decade. Yeah, I agree with the the standpoint that he's a top ten player of the decade, but I I would not have Anthony Davis below. I really wouldn't. I mean, going to score at peak, better defender, better rebounds, score at the same level. I'd rather have Anthony Davis personally. Yeah. I What he does at the power forward position is just ridiculous. It's a nice little teaser for where I have him. Cause yeah. It's a little surprising. All right. What's your take on me having Russell Westbrook? Eight? I think he should be higher. Okay. Because I have him higher. Okay. All right. Let's see what we got here. Number seven. Man. Got, what? What? Can I lead into this one? Because I know I'm going to be canceled for this one. Okay. Number seven. Instead of Jason going first, I'm going to go first this time. I have Chris Paul. Okay. <laughs> Chris Paul. I have Chris Paul. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. <laughs> did Did you just say? Oh, uh, yeah. What well, I'm gonna wait. Go, go. Lob City, Chris. You have Lob City, uh, Chris, and then you got when Chris got traded to the Houston Rockets. Had he not been injured, because he was playing his best basketball, as you know, during the Houston Rockets time, some of his best basketball. You can't. You got to agree with me on that. He was playing some of his best basketball during the Houston Rockets time. So. Had he not been injured, they were up on the Warriors. They would have beat the Warriors. I mean, like, we're not, I mean, like, this may not be Pete Chris Paul, but damn, it's close to it. I mean, like, he is scoring and assisting at such a high level, for one. I mean, still doing it right now in the Phoenix Suns game. I mean, like, yeah, he's not really making that much of a, he's not getting there right now. But even with the, I mean, like you had Lob City Chris where he was playing alongside Blake Griffin, DeAndre Drummond. I mean, like they kind of definitely underachieved with what they had, the talent they had on that roster. But then once he left, he was able to maximize his potential with the Houston Rockets. And now he, then he was able to make the Oklahoma City Thunders, after they traded away their star piece in Russell Westbrook, a playoff contender. And now he's lead, helping lead the Phoenix Suns to a championship right now. This is all in the same decade. I'm, I'm gonna try to hold in my reaction here for the reply. <laughs> it's hard, harder than it looks. All right, <laughs> my number seven, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, this guy is one of the greatest defenders of the era. I mean, he's a mid-range machine. Uh, his ability to score is absolutely ridiculous. He is extremely consistent in the playoffs. We all know when the lights are brightest. Kawhi Leonard's gonna show up. He's got a ring during this era as the best player on the team. You know what I mean? So you have that added into it. And he's just, he's a bucket, man. I mean, 
he was really he's really an elite level scorer. I mean, we pair that with a the ability to defend, you get an elite wing. I mean, he's probably borderline top five small forward of all time. This guy is going to be probably going to go down in his history as probably the greatest clipper of all time. I mean, he's he's scoring 27, 26 points per game, but it's the elevation of the playoffs, right? I mean, he's he was averaging like 33 before he got hurt. I mean, I know it's 2021, so. But, I mean, he was in the Raptors run, he's like the guy, right? Mm-hmm. He's carrying them through teams like JoJo, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons on the same team. You got beating the Bucks, right? I mean, then you got beating the Warriors, but it wasn't as good of a Warriors. But this guy was... He's been a, he's had a phenomenal stretch in these these seasons. He's a great rebounder too. You're going to get like six to seven rebounds a game from this guy at peak. So he's just such a phenomenal scorer and defender. It's just he's ridiculous, man. Kawhi Leonard is so consistent too, except for injuries. But it's about peak, so you don't really have the factor in of injuries. So yeah, I got Kawhi Leonard seven. What's your take on it, Chris? I agree. I agree with everything you said. I just have him higher. Okay. All right. I get into mine. Get into mine. Sorry. <laughs> oh get into mine. Hey. Hey. Hey, Chris. What's up? I got. A, I got a just a random question here. Yeah. Chris Paul ever scored more than twenty points this season? No. <laughs> you have a point guard in the era of two thousand ten. We're literally 10 guys that score more than 20 points in the season in the current league right now. De'Aaron Fox is scoring four points to Chris Paul. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I get it that he is a great lifter of others. You know yeah. what I mean? But Kobe Bryant? Okay, Kobe Bryant gets traded to LA Lakers, who's the best player on the team. Is it Kobe? You had 2011 Kobe. Uh-huh. They were going to get traded to the Chris Paul. Chris Paul, 2011. Kobe, 2011. Best player on the team? Kobe. Why do you have him lower? <laughs> I just put Kobe low because, like, he was eventually declining. But Chris Paul, like, he declined and then he also came back up. Like, it was, he was, his low point was, like, Clippers. And then, like, we he showed exactly who he was later on in those in those next few years. Okay, next for years, 2011 Kobe. 2011 Kobe, so yeah. Why is he lower? <laughs> I mean, Anthony Davis, bro, the guy might be the greatest power forward of all time. Yeah, I just got to choose somebody behind him. Uh, Tim Duncan is a prime or Chris Paul. I mean, Tim Duncan's overrated, but I would give Tim Duncan. Yeah, we both think Chip is overrated. He chose up over Chris Paul. Anthony Davis, in my opinion, is probably the greatest power forward of time all at peak. Three-point shooting, mid-range game, mid-range post-up. He's got pick-and-roll game. He's got an ability to post-up. He's got an ability to be a force inside. He's also probably the greatest defender in the league right now. You have that guy below Chris Paul? Yeah. I disagree. I disagree. That's what this is about. You, you got, I got my list. You got your list. I agree. I think Chris Paul, you know, deserve, I mean, like, looking at it, I'm thinking Chris Paul. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to have to transition, kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dame Dalla. Is my number six. I mean, come on. This guy's dirty. I long as last season gets the count. Uh I have a twenty-six point per game scorer in the same decade as twenty-eight. You're comparing that with around four assists. Oh, I'm definitely looking at the wrong stat line. Sorry, guys. My bad. We're looking at the wrong guy here. Now I'm now I'm aligned. 30 points per game. I thought it was off. I knew that wasn't Dame Dalla. 30 points per game. Paired with around four or five assists per game. I mean, this guy is a bucket, right? I mean, deep threes. He's gonna be able to get to the basket and finish. I mean, he is 
going to be a great passer. I mean, not a great passer, but he's a good passer. His his ability, he adapted to Steph Curry, right? Steph Curry came in the game, and you added a guy who was a slam dunk champion, right? He's athletic, and then you get to the rim. Steph Curry's range. Ridiculous. He is, I mean, I I I think he's one of the greatest point guards of all time. I'd probably have him in my top five. I mean, he's ridiculous, man. This guy is a bucket getter. He's totally underappreciated because he's another guy who's not on prime time. Nobody wants to watch Portland play because they're Portland. You know what I mean? We only watch them. They play against West Coast teams like the Lakers. But he's getting a bucket on everybody. And he's probably, it's between him and Kobe, most clutch players of this decade, right? I mean, he literally hit a three from the logo and waved goodbye to Russell Westbrook and Paul George. I mean, that takes a level of swag that I don't even think either one of us could achieve. I mean, he is a phenomenal scorer. I just, I love, love this guy's game so much. I really feel like he's underappreciated and he deserves number six. So he's my number six. Um, yeah. So Dame Dollar is averaging around 30 points per game. So that's ridiculous last season, uh, which is going to be in uh, four or five assists per game. So, yeah. What do you got, Chris? Who's your six? The rest of my list starts to make sense now, but I have James Harden. Number six. Oh, we are going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yes, yeah, so, going 10 rounds. It's definitely going 10 rounds. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. James, I James Harden. I have James Harden number six because of here. his <laughs> OKC career and because what? of his. No, because of OK, what happened in OKC, what he was able to accomplish in OKC, oh, and, and be what he was okay. able to accomplish as a Rocket for the latter half of his career. So I'll make this really quick. Okay, so um, <clears throat> he was able to win an MVP during this season. I mean, during this decade as well. I mean, what he had like seven NBA All Star appearances. I mean, like he was the greatest, and he. Okay, so you would look at him during this during this decade and would say like he's probably one of the greatest scorers that you've seen like behind Kevin Durant, possibly one of them. I mean, like he was a consistent scorer. I mean, I don't really I have him so low because probably lower than you do because of the fact that I just think that some of his stats are a little inflated because of he's just flopping around all the time. But that's besides the point. I'm not I'm not here to throw slander on the man's name. I'm here to uplift him because he's number six on my list. Um, So you have James Harden for his career, right? Averaging about 25.1 games and 6.5 assists. I mean, that's – he's an all-star. He deserves his MVP. I mean, I can't really say too much good about him because I really don't like the guy. But I got him number six. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to rain down on me, that's fine. I'm going to fight you on every aspect because I got him number six because I, he's, he's better than the rest of them. My opinion, scoring wise, I mean, and he's on the Nets now. I mean, he's doing pretty good on there. But I really just don't like this guy, but I put him in number six. Go ahead, I'm listening. And I, I, I don't know. Do you think I should tear into you now or tear into you when or where I have him when I talk about him? Should you think <laughs> I should go after you then or now? What do you think? That's what do you think, Chris? You. What do you that's want? Up, that's up to you because, like I said, I'm gonna fight you in every aspect. I'm gonna fight you all. Oh, we, we let's argue about this. We always argue about this. Let's go about it. Okay. This man averaged 36 points per game. Kobe do that? Kobe ever score 36 points per game? And in the same season, averaged 7.5 assists and 6 rebounds. This guy is literally, he has a step back three. He has the ability to attack the rim. He has a mid-range game. He has the ability to shoot deep threes. And on top of that, he is one of the top five, top 10 passers in 2019, 2020. He's probably a top 25 passers of the decade. Paired with 36 points per game. And I get it. I get it. Oh, 
Houston Rockets, Mike D'Antoni's system, right? Ten seconds or less. Why? Then why didn't Steve Nash average more than twenty points per game? Oh wait, I thought it was a great scoring offense for guards. Didn't did Steve Nash win an MVP scoring less than one less than twenty points per game? Steve Nash, a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Steve Nash, highly respected. Steve Nash considered one of the top ten point guards of all time. Very true. Less than twenty points per game. So if it's the seven seconds or less offense. Then why is he scoring so many points, Chris? Ah, I know what it is. He's the second best scorer of the decade. He's the second best bucket getter of the decade. And you know what? You know what? Yeah, he draws fouls. You know who else draws fouls? Michael Jordan. You know how Michael Jordan does it? Attacking the rim. Getting to the free throw line. LeBron James. He does it by getting attacking the rim, free throw line. James Harden does it by, hey, you know how you've always been coached to play aggressive defense? Yeah, come on. I'll get in my shooting motion and get a bucket. I'll go to the free throw line. Yeah, he gets to the free throw line a lot. And yeah, some people like Christopher Muhammad may think that it makes him less of a good player, but uh, it's because they can't guard him. They do the same thing with Steph Curry. You want to know why? They can't guard him. Let me speak. <laughs> I, got, I got a question. They, go for it. I get that he's a great player, that he's a great scorer, for sure. But it's he is a flopper, top 10 flopper of all time. I can understand. He, uh, <laughs> flails, Who's our goat? Flails. Who's flails. our goat? Listen, who's our goat? Listen. Who's listen, our goat? Wait, Chris, who's wait. our goat? LeBron James, but let me finish. I have a rebuttal to that as well. LeBron James is our GOAT, yes, but he has to flail because he's so big and so tankish that they when they hit, when they come at him, he doesn't move. So he has to exaggerate a little bit. James Harden just falling all over the floor and, and pirouetting like the ballerina. <laughs> what are you talking about? James Harden's strong and built too. LeBron James has the connotation of f- flopping. We consider him the GOAT. Michael Jordan. Yes, he has to flop because he's so big. It's like, it like it's like right. tapping him. It's like right, let me, thumping him. It's like let me break him this down. Let me break this down. I'm listening. He's a flopper, top ten flopper of all time. Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. You know the you know the guy. What do the bad boys Pistons do? Whoop that ass. <laughs> right. He got in the paint where it's taking him down. Right. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Because he could beat you, it, it all really close to the rim because he can't shoot. So you he gets close to the rim and he destroys you. They couldn't stop him, right? So they had yeah. to throw him to the ground, right? Yep. So they can't stop James Harden, so they have to foul him. What's the difference, Chris? What's jumping into somebody and getting free throws is that's that's why not- are they jumping into him? Is no. it because he's no, 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 one of the no, no, top no, no, no. three greatest shooters of the decade off the balance? Listen, listen. Is it because he has unstoppable step backs? Is it because that's why they have to jump out to him? They don't have to do that against Andrew no. Wiggins. You no. don't have to do that against no. LeBron James. No. no. LeBron no. James is not getting no. fouled on three point shots no. like James Harden because he's not no. a shooter no. like James Harden. No, 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 no. No. You know what? You know, well, let me finish my thought. They all if, the- the, if we let Steph Curry get away with let him get away with bunch. it. If they, if we accept that Steph Curry gets fouled a lot at the three point line and draws fouls because he's Steph Curry and he's unbelievable from the three point line, every single defender, what do they talk about all week? Steph Curry, bro, you got to close out. All right, he's the greatest three point shooter of all time. We have to take away his three point shooting. James Harden is one of the top three three point shooters, especially tough shot making three point shooter of the decade, right? I'd rather have him than Kobe. I'd rather have him than LeBron. Only person that would be is KD and Steph Curry. This guy is such a tough shot maker that he will make it on everybody. Right, and we'll let Steph Curry get away with it, and we accept that Steph Curry happens happens to Steph Curry, then it's discriminatory to James Harden to not allow him to do the same thing. It's the narrative. 
It's the story that's been built about James Harden. You want to know why? Because if you just look at him and you say, oh my gosh, he's scoring 36 points per game, eight assists per game, six, six rebounds. If it's all that, then that's a top. That's, that's, he's got to be the third grade shooting guard of all time. He has to be one of the greatest scorers of all time. He has to be one of the greatest top 25 players of all time. And because we don't want to accept that notion, we will always try to find ways to push him down and push the notion that he gets all the foul calls. And you want to know why? Because he's awesome. Scrum Dillyumptious, awesome. All right, Chris, you go, you, you keep it going. First things first, watch the time. Second thing is James Harden is a flopper. Just period. I understand what you're saying. You're like, okay, he's, he's such a, t- a talented scorer that they have, they can't stop him, so they have to follow him. Kicking your feet and it, it, creating the, the illusion that you don't have a place to land is not basketball, for one. You respect Je- Reggie Miller? Yeah, but there, he's not kicking his feet out and yes, he flopping. Was. Yes, he was. He literally did the exact same thing in the 90s, but he's respected. Why? Because he played in the 90s. You didn't know he did it, did you? I you didn't know he did. No. He did the same exact thing. He'd kick his feet out while he's shooting and get the free throws. And then also uh, pump faking. Pump faking. Uh, oh my gosh. Something Kobe Bryant does all the time. What are we talking about? No. Get the pump fake. Kobe Bryant literally does the exact same thing. Pump fake. Guy falls into him. Shoot. I mean, if you let Kobe get away with it, it's because his name's Jaden Harden. We got a narrative to build against the guy, and I get it. He's just we so have to good. Go. <laughs> We have to go. This is the end. <laughs> All right. We, we're going to transition into the top five next podcast. We'll see you guys.